This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, everyone. It's Helen here, the voice of Azu, Enola, and Laverne. Today, I'm here to tell you about Woe Begone, a podcast launched on the RQ Network. Woe Begone is a weekly horror sci-fi audio drama series about the nature of power and the implications of linear time. Woe Begone follows Mike Walters, who discovers a mysterious and violent online game. What begins as an exploration of an alternate reality game with real-life consequences quickly becomes a search for the technology that makes the game possible. Each episode has a unique soundtrack composed by creator and writer Dylan Griggs. Listen to Woe Begone, spelled woe period begone, wherever you listen to podcasts. Or check out woebegonepod.com for episodes and transcripts. Have fun and see you later. Welcome to episode 21 of the Rusty Quill Gaming Podcast. I'm your host and GM, Alex Newell, and with me today I have... Lydia Nicholas. Ben Meredith. Britt Monroe. James Ross. And what character do you play? That's Bertrand Bertie McGuffingham, hitter of things. Sasha Rackett, grabber onto and rider of things. Zolf Smith, cleric, prayer of water. <laughs> Hamid, the halfling sorcerer, currently very embarrassed by his friend. Oh, it's all very awkward. So we left you... Dancing uh, in the street. <laughs> literally dancing <laughs> in the street. What have you seen the video for that? So, that's basically so what you guys bad. have been doing, but in full plate armour with one leg. I will, I will show you the video of that. It is the least convincing bisexuality yeah. you have ever seen. Listeners, so your homework is to pull up 
the video for Dancing in the Street, but imagine them in full plate armour and yeah. with one leg and in one of them is a cringing half leg. See, now I had big news and I can't top Dancing in the Street. What am I going to do? Mm-hmm. So it would be news anyway. Oh, go, big, go away and make it more impressive and then come back. <laughs> yeah. So we've, uh, we've actually <laughs> hired both of them to uh, cut now. So we, we are actually in the process of developing two, not one, two new podcasts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's all off the back of basically all of the people that we've been thanking because you were great mm-hmm. and it meant that we could grow and that's what we're doing. So I can't say any more because of that's the way things roll. But I just thought you'd want to know. Secret wow, podcast. what a teaser. I know. Yeah. Yeah. So what I can say <laughs> is one of them is going to be based in the TV and film category of iTunes. And one of them is a horror-based little bit of a podcast. I won't go into more than that. But yeah, something to be... That one's the Bertie (laughs) spin-off. Bertie the human statue! (laughs) (laughs) So... Where we left off, you guys had hit up Beaming Gusset and yep. got a bit more info regarding the metal, specifically finding out that it's a Damascan adamantine piece. You also hit up, in no particular order, the British Museum, which is where you, after a bit of faffing with some lawyers and skeletons, not the same things, no. you um, managed to find out that, yeah, the, the origami is almost certainly from Japan. Couldn't get more specific than that, which is fair enough. Went to the Tahan branch. We we and we picked up a package to take. To no, yeah, you picked, picked up, 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 picked up a package to take to Paris. Yeah. Oh yeah, and, and there was the worries that it was some post-Paris <laughs> peril. Yeah, <laughs> potential post-Paris <laughs> peril. That's the one. <laughs> so and after scenes of mild Paris. <laughs> <laughs> so after that, you then hit up the Tahan branch and uh, stumbled into an old friend, by which I mean an incompetent enemy, <laughs> who lasted all about a quarter of a session. Well, I'm going to be honest, would you have expected any more from him, really? No. But it did provide a useful distraction so that you could find out that, yeah, the keys definitely can be traced to Cairo and you weren't expected to hand it in because you bamboozled everyone. Yeah, with my wonderful charisma. (laughs) (laughs) And with a a sad little once birthday gift for Hamid released, you stumbled out into the street and what I'll do... Just reminded me how much I've disappointed my parents. Yeah, we'll skip ahead. We'll say that you guys um, got some food and slept off your various problems as far as you could (laughs) and have reconvened the next day. Thought safer hangover? Uh, Brutal will be (laughs) gradually regenerating hit points. Brutal will be regenerating hit points. Go on, give me a roll for hangover. I roll a 25 for hangover. We'll say that that means that you're having not much of a hangover no, like, rather than the most that's, powerful that's hangover That's the full save against <laughs> Do I heal overnight? You regain your level in hit points. Excellent. If you have dedicated care, I mean round the clock care, I only love you one. can regain double your hit points. And obviously there's healing which Zolf could have burnt through before he reset for the day. I only, he I, was too drunk. I was far too drunk. And I bruised my shins. I think that I can, I can deal with that overnight. Okay, well then, what next? You guys have reconvened, maybe over a hearty breakfast where Zolf is looking not so bad as he could have done. In a, let's say in a tavern, you're having a tavern breakfast. So the w- one thing we, we said we had left before we go to Paris is, is the seed, and we said we might go to... Cool Gardens? Yes! Yeah. Oh, I love a John out to the country. They, they do a lot of horticulture down there, so they might know a bit more about it. Yeah. I've never, never been there. I mean, there's not many, not many buildings around... Around uh, it sounds like a garden. That's um. That's why it's called Kew Garden. That's it's a, it's fine. A, that's a few not miles away, so we'll yeah. probably need a, a cab unless anyone can drive a carriage. Well, <laughs> uh, 
Very nearly. No, I nearly bought one yesterday, but no. Smash cut to Bertie having a whale of a time driving a carriage that you've all already rented and you're well on the way to Kew Gardens. Whee! <laughs> <laughs> or is it still in his papoose with his tongue just lolling out, dribbling spittle behind so us. This has got this little slipstream of dribble coming out behind the carriage. Inside the carousel. He's not actually half bad at this. <laughs> um, so, like, uh, how... How far away from London are we are we going? I mean, I've, I, there's still there seems to be some space in between the the, the buildings. Ah, uh, you're going to get the do not you, a city sweat. Do you eh? think? I mean, it just feels like a bit of a waste. There's so much space. There could be things there. You know, there could be alleys. Sasha. Yep. You know, you wanted to get out of London. Yeah, it's you know fine. Most of the world isn't a city. <laughs> Fine. Just, no, it's just wait till we get to Cairo. I'll show you the desert. That's no, just wait till we space. <laughs> wait till we get to the sea, where it's all flat. Okay, guys. All right, all right, all right. The it's sea's fine. not very flat. It's no. up and down. June's in the desert. What? So it sort of moves. You mean it moves? Okay, I knew that. I knew that it moved. I knew it. No, I want it. I want to see these things. It's fine. It'll it's be like, fine. It's, it's, totally it's not fine. as bad as it sounds. I look up. Except for the heat. Right. Is oh it? yeah, and the dare. And you pull into Kew Garden, uh, pulling up to the... Oh, oh, oh uh, Bertie does a very impressive reverse three-point turn, just showing up. In a carriage. In a carriage. That's impressive. That's really impressive. That's really impressive. That is impressive. <laughs> you know, give me a handle animal. You give me a handle animal to pull off a three-point turn with a oh, carriage. Oh, pomp and pageantry. Oh, Attempting the three-point turn in the first place automatically triggers it. 12 plus handle animal 6 plus pomp and pantry, that's uh, 19. 19. You don't make a meal of it, but neither is it the most flawless thing ever. There is lots of, oh, what a space. How would someone fit into this space? Ha ha ha! Quite little... adequately is the answer <laughs> to that question. So yeah, you pull up to the meritocratic botanical gardens. There's a few people. Obviously, there's no one particularly hard up who's uh, having a wander around here. But you're in a fairly green area. There's sort of lush parkland to the left and right of you little bit more open space behind you and the large buildings of the botanical gardens with some huge greenhouses off to uh, the left hand side the right hand side being a, a more solid brick affair it looks like it's a converted um, manor house or something similar and yeah that's where you are and up the steps you see a face you recognize give me perception rolls who could it be i don't know nine twenty one eighteen sixteen Hamid and Sasha, you recognise a certain person in a white coat, which he insists on wearing all the time. Colgate. Oh, red and blue stripes. <laughs> <laughs> you see Colgate going up the steps. Oh, Bertie, it's your friend Colgate. Oh, oh, Colgate. I only just noticed that there is, in fact, a garden. Colgate, Colgate, Colgate. Oh, Sir Bertrand, yes, uh, do come. Oh, yeah, I'd love to see you, blah, 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 and we all keep on. I, for as long as possible, keep my back to the vehicle uh, and sort of look around, scouting about, and then sort of run almost Naruto, Naruto style, like <laughs> up you to the, the group and sort of, and then trying desperately to keep my back to a surface, bursting the biggest surface. You put my uh, jacket over your head so it makes you more comfortable. Thanks, Ulf. You're a real, real star, you are. Oh. Real help. Good to see all of you. What are you doing here then today? Well, Colgate, well, we found this fascinating thing, and we were hoping to consult you all your quite substantial wisdom on the matter. You are a noted expert in the field, so I thought, wave it under your nose, let you have a sniff, hmm, sniff the biscuit. I mean, it's not a biscuit. We're here for a, a horticultural uh, consultation. Horticultural consultation, and we thought, who might we consult 
on horticultural. Oh, of course, and you you can you concluded Mendel, yes? Yes, Mendel, of course. Yes, that was of Give course. Give me a bluff check. <laughs> yeah. uh, to eleven total. He's not a stupid man. <laughs> no. Yes, quite. So, um, yes, I'm actually going to see uh, Gregor myself. Is any anyone else? You all here for the same reason? Yep. Yeah. We're, we're still still a team, just like we were. Uh, Excellent. It was good to see you again, Zoss. By the way, you did some good work. Oh, it's no problem. How's Byron doing? He's all right. He's taking the European Constitutional. No. Right. What's funny? Oh, uh, well, you know, when Byron takes a European Constitutional, right. doing bunny ears, European Constitutional, it means he's taking some opium. Okay. Near some opium. Right. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> is he going to take that nearby opium after he's taken the current opium? Then opium is very much a route to further opium when right, it comes okay. to Byron. Basically, if there's a sentence describing what Byron is up to, if you substitute all of the verbs and nouns in it for the word opium, <laughs> you're probably right. I'm going to be honest. I, he keeps insisting they have medicinal properties, but I, I have to be quite frank. They don't. They really, really don't. Honestly, they don't. Opiums. Just don't. Just stay clear. He's not dead yet. To be fair, opium is an excellent cure for not having any opium. Yes, but that's about that it. Well, I'm anyway, I'm heading in if anyone cares to join me. Delighted. Why not? Sasha looks at a tree curiously. It's a palm (laughs) tree. Yeah, it looks all squished. What? Well, the leaves are flat. Is that supposed to be how it is? I'll give you a brief tour. Did it get moldy? Leaves are usually flat. No, no, it's like all... As you're having this discussion... Colgate sort of moves you in and then sort of has a look around. He seems to know what he's doing. The person behind the desk gives a nod and gestures and Colgate starts moving through the greenhouse. Oh, a tour. Yeah, you, uh, the door opens and heat and steam wafts out over you. A lot of heat and a lot of steam. And you notice that some of the plants seem to be a bit wilty. Like, overheat. I don't notice. No, well, you know, I'm, I'm, ch- I'm chucking this in for people who've seen plants before. There are some green things. Some of the green things are still green. Yeah. And yeah, walking through, Colgate's going down. Borealis extremus, Borealis or gigantus, blah, blah, blah. And he's just heading through, pointing out all these various plants. Uh, interestingly here, uh, that one has an incredibly potent contact poison, but it only causes hair loss. Who'd have known? Huh. And he's just sort of heading through, pointing out the various things. And then at the uh, end of the double do- doors, there's a little thing steps through and heads into a much more darkened one. Uh, here we have the vivarium. Very interesting. Animals, things like that. Um, ah, here we go. Uh, like this, Arachnus gigantus. He knocks on the door. At which point, this uh, spider. Oh, that was an amazing sound. Oh. <laughs> See, no edits. I don't need them. A spider as tall as Bertie just goes straight up to the glass, right up, and it's just sort of like clitters like Bertie right turns, up at the glass. Bertie turns to Sasha and goes, "That's Latin for giant spider." Sasha <laughs> is not there anymore. <laughs> She is another few metres back. Oh yes, they got a, uh, they got a, um, uh, a colony in. A breeding colony, who'd have thought? Wait, Honestly. wait, 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 like, so I thought that there would be stuff when I left London, but this is basically in London. Like, I'm not sure if, like, whether to run away or to stay at home. Oh gosh, I mean, it wouldn't make a difference. They've got a land speed of 60 feet, some of them, it's astonishing. So where do these things usually come from? Oh well, you know they get shipments all over from all, all over the world. They tend to get them shipped in, and then they'll uh, they'll try to breed where possible, and they'll try to distribute them for research purposes. Right. I don't think that they should distribute spiders. Oh well, I wouldn't worry. I mean, this is this is a, a resin popular. Ooh, you're like this one. He points at the glass. 
and how this uh, violet fungus fascinating thing probably kill every single one of us if it weren't for the glass. Oh. And you just see this horrible man-sized um, fungus, very furry underneath, bright, bright violet, and these just sort of trendles sort of moving across the ground and they kind of creep up across the glass and then back down to the ground again. Fascinating creature. Really, really interesting. Right, so I'm just going to say this now. Let's not have a repeat of the British Museum. <laughs> okay? No smashing glass. Sorry, what? <laughs> what? No, nothing. There's, like, there's, um... No, no things happen. There was some mild restructuring in the... Uh, oh, look, a distraction. Oh, yes, there oh, is. Oh, God, that is very interesting, actually. You know the poison of this one. And, yeah, he goes off one. Anyway, he leads you through the Bavaria. As, as he walks on, he's got to burger. I can't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> you walk past the last one, and he taps it, and he goes, Now, this is interesting. The, um... Oh, well, that's not right. Oh, no. He looks at... And there appear to be six or seven dead lizards on the base of it. That's, that's not right at all. Wait, is something bigger than those lizards killed the lizards? No, no, no. I mean, these are sealed units. I... He um, he carries on, and then he uh, heads to the double doors, and there's another desk. And um, there's a young black man just behind the the desk, and he's sort of scribbling away. And he goes, "I'm uh, I'm here to see uh, Doctor Mendel. Is he in?" The man behind the desk gives a proper start. Oh, or no, no, uh, no, he's he's not in. Um, uh, he's he's out. Likely, I've got a I've got an appointment with him. I should. Got some people you might like to meet, actually. Um, uh, no, he's out. Uh, uh, he's out. Um, uh, out where? Oh, he's on a research trip. That's where he is. Mm-hmm. But it's in the city, and I'm sure he'll be back soon. And Has anybody I'm... told you that you're a terrible liar? Excuse me. Mm-hmm. What? What? Percy leans in. Well, now, young man, and this is going to be an attempt at an intimidate check. <laughs> Pump and pageantry. Um, <laughs> now then, young man, is like your opening yes. <laughs> intimidation shit. Roll it, then play it. Roll it, then play it. One day you're going to fail these, and I am going to chew you up and yeah. spit you out, Bertie. Okay, uh, so plus one, pump and pageantry, blah, blah, blah. Uh, that's 13 plus uh, seven is 20. Now then, young man, now you're clearly very pleased with your job. Mm. Oh God! Yeah, I mean it's it's amazing. Very, I think Bertie old presses his fingers, big armored finger to the lips of the man. <laughs> <laughs> Very pleased with your job. I have to say, actually, and it'd be a real shame if anything were to happen to that job. Perhaps if very important guests of Doctor Mendel were to be delayed in any way from seeing Doctor Mendel. I, I feel like you might be barking up the wrong tree a bit. I, I appreciate it. Um, also, incidentally, there's a peanut oil that we, um, which we are able to synthesize here, which would sort that squeak out something special. But yeah, um, he's definitely not here. Um, I don't, I don't know what to say. I'm sure he'll be back soon. Do, do you have like, somewhere to wait? Oh, you wouldn't want to wait on site. I mean, yeah, he he could be back soon, but he might not be back soon. But he prob- probably. Will be you know, I think I am going to wait. And then Bertie sits down on the desk and like, makes direct eye contact with him, like about Do- three Do- inches from his face. Doctor Colgate, didn't you say you were uh, here to pick up a medicinal preparation that that, that um, 
that Dr. Mandel made for you. I'm sure he's probably just left it on his desk. We'll just go in and get it. Yeah. Mm, yes, I agree quite. Yes, he won't mind. It's, it's me. He knows me. He just heads straight up and then starts heading up the stairs. And then the, the I'll follow. Probably. Yeah, the, the bloke's already running upstairs. No, no, you, 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 you don't want to do that. Honestly, it's fine. He's, he's just not in. I'm telling you, he's not in. When he uh, gets up to uh, run after them, um, can I just poke out my trident and try and trip him up? Yeah, sure. So he's like, oh no, um, you don't want to. Oh, ah, mm. He just plants and then Colgate just ignoring it, striding, head straight in. Mendel, I don't. Mm. No one in there. Very standard office. It's, it's quite small actually, comparatively. A lot of books on the wall, single desk. I'm gonna go in and start having a look around and see if we can find in the office any reference to a meeting in London or something like that. Sure. The, the guy at the front desk runs up and goes, "Look, hey, guys, you can't, you can't be in here, okay?" I'm telling you. I'm gonna cast charm person on this dude. Go for it. We'll save. What's the DC? 14. He makes it. Guys, l- listen. It's a spell I'm... that is yet to work. Look, I'm <laughs> Guys, I'm sorry, okay? But please, you, you can't be in here. I mean, honestly. Why not? Because it's his office, okay? Where is he? I don't know. Right, that's it. Try it out. Point at him. Start walking towards him. Look, he, he he's on site. I know he's on site. He has to be on site, but he's, he's gone, okay? And there's not a lot we can do. Just, I don't know why you're doing this. Well, is that was, are you saying that one of the one of the things has eaten him? Did the spiders eat him? What, what? do you mean by gone? Hmm? Colgate sort of leans across and just goes, Why exactly are the thermostats in the tanks more than 15% higher than optimal? I, we, we've lost control of the boilers. I, I don't know what to say. Uh, we, we can't tell anyone. We, we, we were told before he went that we couldn't tell anyone. Ah, well, we are. The Rangers. We are a travelling mercenary company who just kind of wander around sorting people's problems out. So why don't you tell us? Yeah, we're yeah. working on a better name. Right. But uh, why don't you tell us what's the problem? We'll go sort it out, and then we'll be able to sort out payment afterwards. Or you can sit in your desk and let all the horrible, dangerous beasties get too hot, and maybe escape and kill you. Oh, I, I don't really escape; they just die. But um, okay. I, Do you think you will keep your job, Phil? Die. At which point, Colgate sort of reaches out. Paul, there's a lot of alcohol in this podcast. Mm-hmm. We, we need to get you out of urban areas that's, and into somewhere nice and rustic. Because it's Victorian-esque London, that's where true. everyone yeah. is drunk all the time. Or on opium, apparently. Mm. <laughs> yeah, he, um, he, pulls a, he pulls a tonic for the guy, and uh, Colgate just plunks on the desk and says, Look, George, just sit down, calm down, tell me what's up. Well, um, I, basically, a, a couple of people went missing in the sub-levels. Um, uh, Dr. Friedrich and then Mason didn't turn up. And so eventually we had to send someone down to, you know, check up and basically um, and Mendel, um, he, he went down and told us not to tell anyone because, you know, there's a reputation to maintain. He hasn't come back and it's, we, we've heard a couple of screams and I don't know what to do. Oh, right. Well, we'll guess we'll head down there and find yeah. out. So Sounds like our kind of party. And yeah. so our brave heroes sallied forth down to the lower levels, the deep, I, dark, mysterious dungeons. I, it's, it's not so much a dungeon as a basic... And storage and research depot. Down to the deep, dark, mysterious storage and research depot. Ooh. Pretty much that. Should we go? Right, yeah. Are the, are the boilers down there? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what to say, though. I, I really can't advise this. I, we, I'm, I'm forbidden from notifying the police until he came back. I mean, he's explicitly stated that no one should follow. We so are I, not the police. That doesn't make things better. That makes we things better. That's fine. If we die, it's on us. Yeah. We, we dealt with four skeletons before breakfast yesterday. And then we had breakfast. Yeah, then we had breakfast. Before lunch, we, we had had breakfast. Brunch. Brunch. You're right. Yeah, okay, we yeah, deal yeah. with skeletons before lunch. Yeah. And then we had lunch. 
Dr. Colgate, do you have any idea who these people are? Oh, yes, they're fine. They actually helped with the uh, medicine affair. They'll be fine. Oh, okay. okay. You, didn't, you didn't see the papers? We were in them. And those two were... Oh, right, okay. Oh, yeah, no, no, you should not be here. We do not want the papers here. Well, there's no need for that. We'll oh. just go and sort it out and we'll be discreet. Okay, um... Got any directions? Uh, right, okay, okay. He gets up and starts heading back down the stairs and... Also, like, any, any idea what's down there? Like, is, is it one of your spiders? As he's walking through, he starts leading you back, basically, to the vivarium. So, um, what we do is we take shipments, and they actually come through here. You'll notice that the, the walkway is very wide. It's, it helps for the movement of crates and so on. We, we take animals, we take plants downstairs, we do some basic testing, at determine if they're dangerous or not, things like that. Then we um, can put them into storage, long-term or short-term, and then we bring them up here. Basically, everything that's gone down in the last about four days hasn't come back up. Uh, not a sound, nothing, no alarms raised or anything, and then we started hearing screams this morning. I, uh, there's a freight elevator here, he sort of heads down a staff-only big freight elevator and opens it up. Uh, Dr. Mendel took one of the security guys with him, and neither of them came back. I, I, I can't condone this. We'll find them, don't worry. And what happens when you don't? Yeah, well, like, no one will, no one will miss us for a while. You'll... You'll probably be in the clear. Don't think do any of your mates know that you're going down here? No, you never saw no, us. No. One question, though. Now, uh, Colgate, you noticed that there were a load of dead lizards in the bottom of one apparently empty vivarium. Now, yes. what was the creature that was in that? Lizards. That's well, what I'm saying. Is just because every other tank has been some sort of terrifyingly deadly creature, so... Not everything's terrifying. Interestingly, though, those, those lizards are actually incredibly poisonous when consumed, but I, I don't know why you'd want to do that. No, it's just, uh, well, if the Bavarian's running hot, I mean, can you feel it in here? It is incredibly, like, incredibly warm and sweltering in there. I just assumed that was greenhouse. N not like this, goodness me. I, uh, as it is, I'm surprised it hasn't burned out. So what was the last creature that was transported to the lower levels? I, I have no idea. Dr. Friedrich, he likes a lot of privacy when he's working. We did get a shipment. It was something big. Um, I, nothing, it, as far as I was aware, there was no, no animals, nothing like that, nothing, nothing mobile. It was, it was meant to be a plant. Mm. So no markers, no indication of where the package was from? We get a lot of plants sent here that people don't know what they are, and they bring them here so that we can identify them. I don't know what you want from me. Mm. They brought a big crate, the big crate went down. We'll, we'll go um, down there, we'll just be ready for anything. Guys, I mean, it's, it's going to be fine. It's been days. I mean, Down we, we only noticed people were missing like two days ago, so I have no idea. Well, we'll uh, get on it. There's a fire escape at the far end, but it only opens from the inside. It's a, it's a security measure. If, if you're in trouble, I suppose, head to that. It's at the far end of the long-term storage. Okay. Okay. Wait, wait, do you have like a map? Uh, not really. There's maps down there um, for like fire safety. <laughs> That's fine. Let's, let's, let's just go. Head Take down. it on. Right. Okay. Hey, we didn't expect skeletons to come out of that vase, but we dealt with that, okay? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. exactly. This time we are expecting horrible, horrific monsters that produce screams and missing people. Precisely. So if anything, we're ahead of the game. Exactly. Going down. <laughs> I get out my crossbow and load it. I unsheathe my sword. I, I spring load my daggers. Sure. The doors close, and I'll take a break there, and we'll come back in a couple of minutes. Hey. Hello, hello, oh, I sit there, and, and talking to this, this, right, good, that is odd, mm, uh, yes, and uh, you, uh, bring me a, a whiskey, uh, with a rum in it, yeah, 
Lovely. Uh, uh, yes, so, um, good evening, peasants. I am Sir Bertrand McGuffingham. Now, I've been told that tales of my feats of heroism, adventure, and utterly selfless daring-do were spreading far and wide, arcing across the sky like lightning, rending the heavens in twain with their magnitude and ploughing into people's ears like a plough made of me being splendid. Now, the important thing is that I'm excellent and everyone should know just how excellent I am. So in order to set yet more ears a quiver in anticipation of my every exploit, I would like you, specifically you, to tell your friends about how utterly super I am. Now, according to the technical busybods of Rusty Quill, and trust me, their bods are very busy, if you tell a friend about us and they subscribe to my tales of chivalric daring, then when they send us an email to mail at rustyquill.com with their name and the person who recommended it, they will have an episode dedicated to them. Now, I've no idea what that means, but it sounds jolly lovely. Anyway, once you've done all of that, all you need to do is pop the cash in non-consecutive bills into an envelope and send it lo- What? 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 What do you mean they don't have to pay- Oh, I am literally never- Don't- You test me, sir! Fine, fine, fine. Well, recommend us to your friends and don't pay us and you still get your own episode. Now- if it excuse me, I have to have a serious chat with the underlings about the actual meaning of the word mercenary. And welcome back. So, yeah. Dropping down in the really, really slow freight elevator. <laughs> oh, you've, you've skipped the uh, light, slowly passing up your feet, up across your torso, across your eyes, in a menacing, repeating pattern. Sasha feels a lot more at home. Who brought the orchestra? <laughs> but yeah. Why are they playing such sinister music? <laughs> Lots of strings slowly working their way up a very high scale. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, oh, this is stops right. and the door is still closed. It's not an automatic one. <sighs> At which point, you're looking out into mostly darkness. Bertie flicks on his little uh, falcon light mm. on his falcon, so it's sort of... Yeah, so a big sharp beam shoots out. You find yourself in a... I, it's red light, just so we're aware. Extra. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, will grab one of the ever-burning torches mm-hmm. out of our supply kit. Sure. Presumably to use. <laughs> I, I will carry it. Yeah. So with the lights, you see you're in a very simple foyer. Maybe 15 foot distance from you is a basic desk for probably an administrative person to sit at. There's an open door behind that. And you hear a faint scratching. Behind the door behind the door, off to the left, extends as a very wide corridor and then takes an immediate right turn. To your right, there is a wide corridor that goes off and then takes an immediate left turn. What is the door with scratching behind it made of? Um, simple wood with a glass lattice work thing written on it and it, it just has administration written on it. Can, it. can it be seen through the glass a bit? Uh, all of you give me perception checks. Oh, 20. A natural 20 from Bertie. Goodness me. Uh, uh, not one of those. Okay. <laughs> we'll go with the natural 20. Yeah, I just got 19. Bertie's the one who goes up the door yeah. and looks through yeah, it. Yeah. The door is ajar. You can't see through it. Like, it's, it's just it's not possible to see through it. You do notice, however, when casting around, that the lights, the reason it's dark, is it looks like someone's been physically pulling the lights out from the ceiling. Like, chunks of plaster and stuff have been removed along with light fittings that are just dropped on the behind of the desk. So the, the scratching wasn't coming from immediately behind the door? It's coming from, certainly coming from that room. 
right. um, but you can discern it's definitely not directly behind the door. It's not one of the things where you know you step through the door and something comes out from behind the door. Right. It's not, not like that. Okay. Um, in that case, Bertie shoves at the door, mm -hmm. sword in hand, flashes the light around to sort of scan the room mm -hmm. to see what's in there. So he bursts through the door, slamming it over. Bam! Slam! Bam. <laughs> what? What's going on? Finding an empty room with a half-eaten meal still left, starting to go a bit manky, with a chair pulled out and a gramophone that's just... Bertie hacks at the gramophone, outraged. <laughs> <laughs> a power attack on that go gramophone. <laughs> Two, <laughs> minus one Again, one. your inanimate object, you just you can't oh, do plus, it. Plus your attack bonus. Oh, plus my attack, oh yes, I plus my attack bonus. Yeah, I'm afraid the AC of the stationary gramophone is still higher. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you basically you take a swing and just bury your um, your your bastard sword, which is too long, into the ceiling briefly, and then <coughs> and pull it back down with a little patina of dust. Did you get it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's still a. Bertie just quietly knocks it over onto the floor. <laughs> right. Um, so in there, yeah, there, it looks like there's a um, just a, a real basic canteen setup, um, ma barely made for like four people, a tea urn, and some a washing up sink and. Few odds and ends, really. It's clearly just somewhere for people to go when they're off shift. Is there any other exits? There is only the exit that you came in from. Okay, so what do you do? Only setting forward, our intrepid heroes travel down the left hand Bertie, corridor. Bertie, stop talking so loudly. Things will hear us. Our noblest hero was rudely interrupted by a really annoying lady voice. Just, I'm just saying, be a bit more cautious because like, we can sneak quiet, onto things. I'm one with her. His dramatic monologue could barely silence or interrupt him by the chattering voices of it, naysayers around it's him. It's really other people's job to write these stories, Bertie. We should just concentrate on accomplishing the great deeds of daring do and let without dying. Yeah. Later people, you were like this about my novel. <laughs> okay, so you head left and heading along the corridor. You see, yet more of the lights have been plucked out, and it is swelteringly hot. It's like steam moving in front of your eyes hot down there really yeah. really hot and out of the sort of mist you still see another door ajar directly in front of you again it seems like a, a small one and it just says janitorial on it same kind of door why would all the lights have been taken out some of the lights are dark yeah, dark yeah. yeah some sort of nocturnal monster probably yeah. so the monster took the lights out yeah i'm gonna have my trident of printing position in case we're charged do, do, do you, you want to, want to check the door again, maybe, Bertie? Bertie, like, just considering and you, everyone being just in the armour and all. Look up occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> Our noble hero bravely volunteered to Bertie. check the janitorial cupboard. Why is this a new thing all of a sudden? Why is this our thing? Okay, so you're currently facing a janitorial door. Yeah. And as you sort of cross the corner and look to your right, you see there are two more doors leading off to the left, much larger ones probably for the movement of freight. Bertie uh, leads over to the door, braces, gets ready, and pulls the door back. Awesome, Tracy, raising his hand just in case. And a mop falls forward and hits you on the face. Ah, take that mop! <laughs> Attacks the mop. Yeah, again, just a caretaker's cupboard, I'm afraid. Ah, mops. Well, you sure defeated the heck out of that mop. Well, it's not getting up, is it? That's, that's you told, I think. I mean, it's definitely true. It's important not to leave any potential threats behind us as we pass forward. Everyone give me a perception check. 20. Oh. 92. 10. Zolf and Hamid, you simultaneously notice. It looks like 
someone's messed around in there or something and then as your eyes trace up after you've said make sure you keep looking up you see that it looks like something's Amity's torn through a vent yeah, yeah. It is. you see something's torn through a vent and the metal appears to have just broken outwards and open and torn away from the uh, ceiling it's a small vent certainly not big enough for a human look up guys that's um, not good does it does it look like it, it came, came down and looks out like it came down this way one yeah. going up where well, it could have gone back up through the hole it's already made is there any kind of shape-shifting thing that could become a mop so it's now well it's definitely dead it is <laughs> but it attacks the mop just to be on the same side <laughs> four plus seven so it's eleven i'll give you a few tries to kill it and I then take, the mimic comes you for take you. No. Ten. I take ten to destroy the mob. Sure, that's fine. It, it takes a little while, but you manage yeah. to slowly just slay the mob. Slaying the mob. Right. We'll, we'll leave this bit out of the story. Yeah. <laughs> no, please continue narrating yourself while you kill I mean, a mob. Could we like get one of the smaller guys to maybe look up? Maybe someone with a, you know, looking around smaller to see what's up in the vent. Maybe you also see another door opposite the freight doors a single one again same kind of size as the caretaker and administrative kind of ones well just let's just keep exploring oh, anyway, just there's work. a lot of rooms to, to have a look at yep sure fine if Hammer doesn't want to look <laughs> we don't really have anything to gain by digging ahead up there and get a face eaten off. It is a little bit risky at this point when there are still other doors to check now let's let's proceed down the corridor maybe we can have a look at this next one on the left right uh, together yep I'll, I'll take the, the far door. Right. And you take the near door. And on three. One, two, two three. three. Pull back doors. And the first thing you see is a huge broken crate. It turns out there's a plinth. A sort of plain stone wide plinth in the middle of the floor. And upon it is a large crate. The door to your right, so the one that you can't see, the side has is out, you know, on the ground down. Uh, you see a crowbar is just flat on the ground beside it but it looks like something's taken chunks out of the uh, crate itself. There is something written on it in... What languages do you guys have? I have Latin, Greek and English. Sign language and French and English. Arabic, Hartley, English, French, Czech. Mm -hmm. English, Dwarven and Ancient Greek. Then just Bertie, you see basically there is a Latinate explanation. And just for the for the elitism of it, the whole explanation's written in Latin at two. It's not just the name. It's in academic, but you can still go across it. Written <laughs> <laughs> in pure academic. Pure academic. It can be only reasoned by the highest minds. But anyway, on the left-hand side, you see what looks like a basic lab setup. Large steel table, you know, conical flasks, uh, Liebig condensers. That's what I remember from my GCSE chemistry. Just lots of glassware, effectively, and retort stands, things like that. Uh, on the ah, science happened here. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Directly on the far side of the crate, you can see just sort of amongst the dark glows and so on. It's wall to ceiling, and the ceilings here are high. Wall to ceiling in cages. Small ones, not huge. They're varying sizes. I mean, towards the far, far right-hand side, deep in the gloom, you see some larger ones, which seem, you know, intact, but it's mostly smaller ones. And I'd say that maybe three-quarters of them appear to have things broken out from them and the remainder appear to have still forms in them and looking around you see there is a, a blood trail that leaves from in front of the crate out through a pair of double doors at the far side but it leads in with screaming monsters so what's this then deadliest monster <laughs> <laughs> i'll paraphrase but it's effectively plant unknown origin found peru shipping time 
three to six weeks. I'll set a voyage, mass 10 kilograms. Voyage end, it was something like 100 kilograms and it's just listing various stats to do with it. Um, nothing that you can really make head nor tail of, you haven't got the education for it really. But the gist is, it got big. Yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. So plant from Peru, started tiny, now much bigger, about 100 kilos on arrival. Right. And then there's a trade of blood. I can see that. <laughs> Good. Um, brilliant. Have you got any fire? <clears throat> any I've got, I've got, well, I've got some bombs. Okay, cool. I, I can make some bombs. I was just, you know, I mean, I don't know if any of you noticed, but like, I've picked up some of the stuff from the alchemist and I've just been playing around with it. Do you so have any fire flasks left? Oh, uh, uh... Maybe not from my end. I'll have a quick check in my bag. Well, I've got a couple. Oh, good. Brilliant. Yeah. Just in case. I need those. And no, I didn't know you'd been working on mobs. Yeah, so... Oh, sorry. Probably time and place. But afterwards, we'll have a chat. Yeah. <laughs> They're do, really do fun. Do follow the trail of blood, then? I suppose so. Okay. Same again. Very again. So Ready? Oh. Uh, I'm going to put this torch away, because I want to have both hands on my costume. So. Right. Torch might be more useful for plant. Ready? Three, Three two, two, one. Run. At which point, there is an enormously loud human sounding scream. <laughs> Just sustained. How close? Effectively, like someone stood in front of your face and screaming as loud as it's possible for a human to scream. As you push the doors open, you expose a room of larger crates and so on, most of which appear to be sealed and one of which at the far end appears to be broken and there is a huge mushroom there. The second that you pushed open the doors, an enormous scream starts erupting from that mushroom and um, it just won't stop. Just, just as loud as you can stand. I cast acid splash. It starts to degrade and you just hear yeah, it just stops screaming and then it just Girl implodes yep. and slowly collapses in on itself. It's just an this infinite number of times. <laughs> yeah, and it collapses in on itself and then all is quiet again. Well, that was deeply unsettling. You know, what what is it about? until the chittering starts. Lots and lots of chittering. It starts small, just. Are we and then fighting? spreads lots and lots and lots, and you hear lots of chittering. Can I have perception? Yeah, go for it. All over the place. Uh, okay, 16 plus 7. Uh, I can do maths. It's it, 23. It appears to be coming from amongst the crates, behind you in the room that you just left, and in the room ahead. Okay. And is definitely, as you look around, you see a few more broken vents, and it's loudest coming from the vents. Everything, something in the vents. Okay, right. Uh, and a lot of things in the vents. Uh, I'm going to holster my trident yep. and get my mace out because I think <laughs> bonking is going to be better than poking with sure. lots of small things. I get a fire flask in one hand, so yes. I keep a dagger in the other. Um, actually, I am going to cast Spark mm -hmm. on the mushroom. Okay. Because it is now assumedly dead. Go for it? Yeah, saving throw for the gate. Um, it doesn't get a saving throw because it's dead. Cool. <laughs> it also doesn't catch a light because the air is incredibly damp because it's incredibly hot and steamy and it's a fungus. So it doesn't go up, it just goes... Yeah. That was that was your prep time, Bryn? Yeah. Well, that would work better. I'm just gripping my crossbow and trying not to shake. I have my sword and a sheet, and that's about all I can really do to prep, I think. Okay, at which point, huge amounts of small creatures Burst from the vents, burst from amongst the crates, 
start darting through the um, door that's at the bottom and through the door that you came in and just hordes of them. Loads and loads of chittering. And hundreds and hundreds of... Give me a perception roll to see what you're facing, given that it's dark and you're not paying attention and there's only one Bertie's light source. 17. 12. 16. So 12, 16, 17. 17. Yeah. <laughs> as, as numbers go, not the best. I will one. give you tiny, vaguely humanoid forms that are barely as tall as your forearm, but hundreds and hundreds of them swarming down the walls, crawling in unnatural ways, crawling up across the ceiling. Everyone give me initiative rolls. Sixteen. Sixteen. Seventeen. Okay. Well, Everyone's taking me initiative? Yes. Everyone knows what we're doing? Mm-hmm. At which point, the first of the enemies start pouring over the walls. It's dark, you can't really tell what they are. Certainly they sound vaguely humanoid forms and not more than that. They swarm out from the vent above the crates mm-hmm. and swarm into the space here. So they're still surrounded by the tiny things, but these things are bigger? No, these are the tiny things, but they're humanoid right. tiny things. All of these count as one thing. Right. They then move the five. 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40. That is unfortunate. For the listeners, that was on top of us. So, yes, the swarm moves straight in through the vents, crawling over all of the crates, moving rapidly, very, very rapidly, and move to occupy exactly all of the spaces that the party are. Apart from Brutal. Apart from Brutal. Meanwhile, a second group burst out into the corner of the room that you just left. The movement of the swarm on top of the party was the first one. Yep. They then proceed to deal some damage to the party for sharing the space with them. They deal straight off the bat almost the max they could. Seven plus distraction. Distraction. Let's look that one up for everyone. It's going to be an enemy of spellcast. Creature can nauseate the creatures that it damages. Uh-huh. Any creature that takes damage from a creature with the distraction ability is nauseated for one round. Force save of 13. Yeah, yeah. Or below. <laughs> or above. Force save, I have 8 plus 6. Who 14. was made the 14? I have. 30 has? Nope. Nope. Critical fail. Okay. Nope. I got 8. Nope. Let's see what our fumble has. So, Zolf, the creatures swarm towards you. You immediately just start swinging wildly with your trident in an effort to keep them bay. Mace. Mace, sorry. Keep swinging with your mace wildly to keep them at bay, at which point you accidentally slam the door jam, and you are going to be taking a minus four on attack with the mace specifically until you can basically get down and sort it out because it's, it's jammed in and it's got hunks of wood attached to it and it's just it's, got, it's been ramped up. Meanwhile, everyone who failed it you will be nauseated. Let's look that up. Creatures with the nauseated condition experience stomach distress. Nauseated creatures are unable to attack, cast spells, concentrate, or do anything else requiring attention. The only thing you can do is make single move actions. Oh. Pretty bad. Is throwing a bomb a move action? No. Like, but, I it's mean, I could just drop it. Because <laughs> I'm an attack. literally dropping so, it at my feet. For the listeners, who is nauseated? Everyone except her. Yeah, Brutal has not made a save. Brutal is not affected in any way whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> like, this 
Brutal to the rescue! What's that, that Brutal? They're all dead. <laughs> oh. <laughs> they should have listened to me. Okay, Sasha. You're um, up. I'm gonna try and climb on top of the crate and maybe pull Hamid with me. Because I don't have to carry Zolf. I should spell out for these creatures. They do not get attacks of opportunity should you move away from them or so you have sort of free movement out and away from them. And I would also chuck people down and strongly advise that you do not bunch up. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. We've learned that lesson. Yeah. So okay. I can't grab them because if you're nauseating me, all you can do is move. Okay. Don't worry, I'll, you know. You can, okay. you can even climb. It's like, what it is is that your character, everything that your character wants to do right now is vomit. So all you can do is sort of stagger off, desperately trying not to vomit, but it means you can't climb. Basically, what you have to do this round is you've got to reposition. Fine, I'll just try and move away. How long do we stay moving? One round. Oh, okay. Every time we're attacked, you So, if you want to avoid being attacked, yeah. Yeah, good. Right, move my back to the wall. Okay, so you've gone as far as you can and put your back to the wall with double doors either side of you. Yep, that makes sense. At which point, Bertie, you're up. Okay, so I'm the only unnauseated character. Yes, you are. You've got, you're completely fine in every way apart from that you've taken a chunk of damage. So I suppose I start attacking them. I should spell out that you can do as you will. Yep. What I would say is the reason that you're taking damage is this this huge amount of them are just crawling all over you, sinking teeth in wherever they can, right. scraping, scratching, gnawing. They are literally occupying that ten foot by ten foot cube. Yep. Almost a hundred percent. Like you can't even see, they're just clawing at you. And it's a case of there are special effects. I don't mean like you'll die because you attack them, but all I would say is because you've never played this game before. For this type of creature, it is much harder to get with normal attacks. So right. things that have an area of effect or shatter and things like that, those are your friends. Hacking at them with a great big sword, less effective. It will work that because you know, every time you take a swipe, you're hitting about six of them, but when there's a yeah. hundred, yeah. it's obviously less effective. Okay, so is there any advantage in me moving out of the effect area? Very, very much so. Okay. As a piece of advice, again, because you've never played, yep. against swarms, you do not want to all be stood next to each other because it will just come for both of you and get both of you in a single turn. Yeah. It is something that is designed to make you split up. That's the okay. point of swarms in, in a gameplay sense. Right, so if I took a step to there, one space back, would I then be able to, with my back, just crate here? Yes. Attack back? Yeah, sure. I will do that. Go for it. Is this, the, because of the swarm's nature, mm -hmm. is it very it is of average toughness because basically all of the components within it are dodging to get out of the way. So there, it has less AC than you would expect for an equivalent creature, but not by a lot. Okay. They're basically just a bad day. Right. This is what these creatures are. They're a bad day. Okay. In terms of the power attack, is that? It, yes. If you roll well, absolutely. I will. I will power attack then in that case. So roll attack. Mm -hmm. Six plus six is twelve. You do not hit. Effectively, yeah, they're swarming all over you. You manage to pull yourself out and swing wildly, and they just part to avoid the blade and then carry on. Mainly swarming now on Zolf and Hamid. It's it's like half the time when they're trying to move, one of the other ones will grab them and pull them back into the pile. So it's a very like manic mess. Yeah. Zolf, uh, I am going to um, run. Only stand and move action. You only have the one move action. Right, so. That's fine. So Zolf takes his, his tentacle, um, basically. 
dropping a weapon as a free action? Yes, it is. Yep, that's fine. Hamid, uh, you are currently the only one who's occupying a swarm. Yes, fire. I clearly move. Yep. Um, I am going to move uh, along the wall and head into the corner. Okay, the second swarm moves down the line of cages very quickly, darting forward, just swarming over. It's more like a moving ball of the creatures than anything else. And it swarms over Brutor, at which point gets to deal its damage. Without attack roll, because it's a swarm. Brutal! Brutal's down. Brutal is down. You just see him disappear. Just disappears beneath a mound of, of semi humanoid creatures. Oh, is Brutal going to be the first party death? Oh, I hope not. You better save him. And I'm going to call it there for the episode. The party got dropped on. Brutal's in trouble. Everyone split up and nauseated. What will this mean? Tune in next week for yet more tales of horror, intrigue, and adventure, etc. God, that is a long <laughs> sign-off. <laughs> you really overcompensated there. Yeah. A little bit. Wow. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening. We look forward to... See you again soon. That, oh, that would we be... Where do you want to go with that? Oh. We will, because we'll have to die in the next episode. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah okay, yeah. so we'll see you. Uh, a really short one next time. Yeah. <laughs> if you see a two-minute upload, that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>
who discovers a mysterious and violent online game. What begins as an exploration of an alternate reality game with real-life consequences quickly becomes a search for the technology that makes the game possible. Each episode has a unique soundtrack composed by creator and writer Dylan Griggs. Listen to Woe Begone, spelled woe period begone, wherever you listen to podcasts. Or check out woebegonepod.com for episodes and transcripts. Have fun, and see you later.